Judy Carter, and you're listening to the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And thank you so much. This is uh, Jason Medbury here. And <laughs> we are we are so happy to have so many people give great reviews to this. I'm so yes. glad you're getting value out of it. Yeah. Because um, do you know that we only really, when uh, uh, speakers, and people are always shocked to hear this, because I coach a lot of speakers. Mm-hmm. And um, I always find out that we all speak about what we need to learn. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm doing a podcast about be on purpose in your life because most of the time I'm going, what is my purpose? Yeah, exactly. Am I on it? Mm-hmm. And is my purpose like driven by these reviews? And if I have good reviews, that means I have approval and I'm on <laughs> purpose. So, but anyway, Keep them coming in. So what are, what do you want to talk about today, Jason? Well, today I kind of want to talk about or answer the question as a creative, are you a fan? So here's what I mean by that is all the time you get people who are, say they want to be an actor or they want to be a writer or they want to be a, a professional speaker or a comedian or a visual artist or this or that and whatever they lay out, then you ask them, okay, are you a fan of that? Like I've, I've met so many comics who don't, who or people who claim they're want to be comics who don't go and see comedy or people who say they want to write a book, but don't read, you know, or say they want to, you know, any one number of things, you know, they, they want to be a painter, but they don't go to art galleries or museums. They just say, well, I got an idea in my head that I'm going to do something or whatever. Well, as a creative, you also have a responsibility on top of making your thing is exploring your thing as well. And if you, I mean, look at Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino is a prolific filmmaker, but you know what he he is even more, is a giant movie fan. He is a movie fanatic. He is out of his mind when it comes to movies. There's a reason why he worked in a blockbuster video while at the same time was writing multiple screenplays at night, not getting any sleep, and also trying to make his, you know, make movies on his own, all sorts of He filled his life with the thing that he wanted to do because on, on top of being a creative, he was also a fan. So one of the things we want to, uh, we should talk about today is are you... Are you making yourself a fan? You know, because one thing that happens, especially when you start getting into a routine of creation, is you forget to enjoy the art that you are pursuing. You know, what made you fall in love with being a creative in the first place? And also, are you out there supporting the thing that you want to be a part of? You know, I cannot stand people who want to be actors, but don't go to plays or movies or, you know, they... You know, they watch a bunch of reality TV and then they're like, yeah, I want to be an actor. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you well, know. I want to be a little bit of devil's advocate to go this. for it. OK, um, with and um, <laughs> I guess I could talk about this. Well, so I was at the time at the improv mm-hmm. and um, Andy Kaufman. Do you know who he is? A lot I of people don't know. Absolutely know who Andy did, Kaufman did you, is. Did you like Andy Kaufman? I mean, I, well, do you I, know him from Taxi or you knew him I from I know these? him from, from, from both because my family used to watch Taxi a long time ago. And then, of course, you know, Jim Carrey's Man on the Moon. And, uh, and then uh, what was the other? 
I forget. And Saturday Night Live. You know, yeah. There's. Oh yeah. Okay. Saturday yeah. Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was dating him. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and well, we were all at the Improv, okay. and the Improv had just moved to Los Angeles, and Bud Friedman mm-hmm. was uh, bringing his New York comics out one at a time. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you know. There was the comedy store had just gotten a liquor license, really. They didn't even have a liquor license. Um, it was just a tiny little room. It was part of Art LeBeau's club. Mm-hmm. And then there was a Hollywood improv. And so he started bringing people out. And it just was a very exciting time. Mm. And for us L.A. people to see these people from New York, yeah. right? Because we hadn't had exposure. And and so Andy had a thing. And, and those of you who don't know who he was... Um, he just kind of like, I guess you'd call it performance art. He did, um, crazy characters. It didn't, wasn't like he would announce he's doing a characters. He would just pretend to be these people. And uh, he was this way off stage and on stage. Uh, He played bongos and then he started to cry in the middle of it. He did things like, you know, just read a book on stage. And then all of a sudden he would come out as Elvis and he did a fantastic Elvis. And, um, um, he could would not see anybody else's act. Mm. He refused okay. because, um, and a lot of people feel this way, is he felt it would unduly influence him. Mm. Okay. So he wanted to keep himself in kind of a clear, a pure place. I would say it mm. of his own of of not being influenced by anybody else. But his own thing. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, many times when I am writing a book, I I can't be reading a book Mm -hmm. because I find like I start to write like that person. Ah, Like I feel myself unduly influenced. Mm -hmm. So there are artists out there who don't want to look at somebody else's painting, act, book anything because they want to purely focus on that thing in their head that expression mm-hmm. and not have it um dirtied yeah well so so what do you say about that well what you're talking about there is you are in midstream you are in your flow state you are in your creative mode and you are like okay I have got a project that I am trying to finish. That is, I've already formulated what it's going to be in my head. I know I am in the pure execution mode. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be going out every night and watching comics when you're in the, you know, when you're trying to finish that one person comedy show because any comic you're going to see may, you know, as you said, unduly influence you. But when you're not in that state, you know, you, if you're not going out and pursuing, because like even for you, for example, before we even started recording, we were talking about comedy specials and things we've seen and all that kind of stuff. You're revitalizing yourself after the fact. What I don't like is when someone who, whether they're working on something or not, doesn't follow anything at all, doesn't go out, doesn't see things, doesn't see how things work, doesn't see how things go. If you're midstream, yeah, of course. Don't 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 throw distractions in front of your boat so that you can, you know, start veering off from from your objective. 
But when that, you know, when you're not in the middle of producing something, yeah, go out and explore, go out and see things, go out and hear and read and do and all that kind of stuff. You know, most of the inspiration you're going to find is going to come from other people and other 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that really clarifies that Mm -hmm. issue of when you're in the midst of a project and you're in flow, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not sometimes you don't want to interrupt that so i'm right now um trying to do um doing Mm -hmm. a solo show writing it and in the middle of massive um page one rewrite Mm -hmm. um and i reminded myself of what motivates me like what inspires me Mm -hmm. and right now I find it so helpful to go out and see one person shows. Yeah. Because uh, most of the time, the message I get, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I have to say, there was, before I've done any piece in my life, there's always something that inspires me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that inspired me, because in 19, in the early 80s, I wrote a, a play that became huge. I mean, it was optioned by Warner Brothers. It ran for like eight months in L.A., which was considered successful. It was um, Merv Griffin had me on his show because of it. Um, and the, the play that inspired me was seeing Harvey um, Feinstein's Torch Song trilogy. Oh, yeah. Harvey Feinstein's first. Yeah. 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 And, and his play, when I saw that, it wasn't like I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to do a play like that. Mm-hmm. No, it was the humor of it. It was the authenticity of it. Mm-hmm. It was a story about being a drag queen um, and and his relationship with his mother. And it was, it, I was just struck by the authenticity. And when we see something that is so well done like that Mm -hmm. i think it triggers something in ourselves that says hey go deeper yeah search deeper he found his passion Mm -hmm. find yours yeah because in this case you're not being you're not talking about the fanaticism of the content you're talking about the fanaticism of the structure of the thing like one thing that comics you know or when you hear like uh, comics who've been around for a while talk they they talk about how a joke is put together they don't talk about oh you know because he said this or said that or whatever they talk about how that joke was formed they're in love with the craft of what it is so you can be a fan of the craft and not have the you know subject matter or context influence you you know, when I see other, like when I see, you know, professional speakers or when I listen to things by other production professionals, sometimes, you know, what they're telling me, I don't, you know, that doesn't influence me that much. It's how they went about telling me that. I was like, oh, that's a perspective. That's a that's a roadmap they've created for themselves. And that inspires me to change my roadmap and do something different. So you don't, you don't just have to say, oh, you know, man, I love Dave Chappelle. But I'm not, I'm not going to go see Dave Chappelle because I'll start doing jokes like Dave Chappelle. It's like, no, you're going to appreciate a comic. And then if you're really paying attention and if you are a fan, which is, of course, short for fanatic, you're looking at it at a much deeper level. You're looking at it like, 
wow, how did he chain those thoughts together to get to that punchline? Or, wow, look at that little adventure he took on, took us on in that premise that paid off big four minutes or, later. Or it's more subliminal. Yeah, exactly. You know, for me, it's always more subliminal. It's somebody who lights a fire in me, and I'm not even sure what it is, mm -hmm. but now I have to tell a story. I have to get up there and do it. Yep. Uh, I have to be more honest. I have to be more passionate. I have things in my life. It's something that I think it just, I, I, I never put together fan and fanatic, so thank you for that. <laughs> I love that. Fan is a fanatic. And, and being fanatic is a state of like energy mm -hmm. and productivity and, and getting it learning. up and, and, and deep loyalty. Uh, I used to have a problem with jealousy mm -hmm. when I was, um, um, when things in my career wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. Oh, yeah. I had a real problem watching other people who, where it really was going for them. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, rather than. Um, igniting my passion for being better or being good, you know, it just ignited my envy yeah. of what they were doing. And it made it like I couldn't go watch them because I was, it, it just brought up the pain over what wasn't happening in my career at the yeah. time. But at that point, when you're going to those shows, you're not a fan at that point. You're basically a troll. <laughs> you know, you're going there to go, Ugh, I don't want, uh, you know, and if that's your objective when you go to see something or you know that's going to be what you're thinking about, then yeah, you shouldn't be going because you're not being a fan at that moment. You're being something else. You're being overly critical. You're there to find flaws. You're there to yes. beat yourself up. You have an ulterior motive behind being a fan. So being a fan um, means finding, you know, that, that, person that fires you up yeah and, right and okay I, i'm about to get really woo woo here so oh so, i love it when you're woo because you yeah. never are i never are but it's it's funny how when i start going as woo woo as i do people are like you really believe that and i'm like yes um the universe your energy whatever you put out that's what's going to come back so I, you know, I see, you know, when I work with clients all the time, they'll be like, ah, I just, I, you know, I'm a bit difficult to work with. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing to change that? And they're like, well, no, it's just that, you know, I, it, it's tough for people to work with me and other things like that because, you know, I'm very demanding. And, they, and I was like, okay, so you're putting out this energy of difficulty. So what do you think is going to come back? Oh, a, a solution? No, you're going to get difficulty coming right back. All the people you hire are going to be just as difficult as you, and you're constantly going to be pissed off. If you are someone who's like, hey, I am a positive, I'm an energetic person, you know, I have to show up with, uh, you know, enthusiasm with the stuff that I'm doing because I want that energy to come back to me. If I show up on set to do a shoot and I am... Oh, God, it sucks today. I didn't get any sleep. And, oh, this client is an idiot. And these goddamn cameras, this thing. That, oh, the batteries didn't charge. Right now. Oh, hell. That day, the, the everything I'm doing is going to bring that energy right back. Shit's going to break. My, my crew's going to be lazy and, and mess things up. We're going to miss shots. We're going to make stupid mistakes. We're going to think. 
So I have to put myself into a, you know, a mental state that goes, okay, boom, we're coming in. We got energy. This is going to be a great shoot. We're going to have really good stuff. The client's going to be super happy. We're going to get, you know, they're going to get a massive return on the production we're about to do. This is all going to work out fantastic. Even if the night before, like all the equipment caught fire, you know, like you have to come in with that level if you want that to come back to you. If you think you're going to show up to something that you want with a shitty attitude and shitty energy and the world and the universe is going to reward you for that by giving you everything you want, you're sorely mistaken. You have to show up with the thing that you want to come back to you. If you like, for me, I like, I love comedy and you know, we've been to a comedy show together. You know, I have a laugh that can deafen other humans. (laughs) I laugh louder than anyone else. I have had people yell at me because I'm you're laughing too loud you're like la- because if I'm going to go see comedy I'm here to see comedy the whole point of me being in that theater is to laugh if I'm not going to do that 100% what the hell am I doing there for you know it's, yeah. you know if it's not a hell yes it's a no so yeah when I go and see comedy I explode, like if they say something that makes me laugh, I'm giving them that back with my laughter. If I go see, you know, a really powerful speaker or something like that at a conference or a convention or I'm filming someone like that and they affect me, I'm going to want to make sure they know that, you know, I'm going to put that energy back out there. So that's one of the things about like, I don't think, I don't think there's anyone who is, wants to be a comic or a speaker or an actor who's never seen a comic or a speaker or an actor right so what i think what you're saying is to find that person that makes you you know so excited that Mm -hmm. makes you laugh so loud that makes you think so hard that 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 does something for you and even before that you have to go into the situation allowing that to happen with a vulnerability well you know I I find that in this world we live in, everybody wants followers. Mm. Everybody wants, but it's really about who are you following? Yes. Who are you crazy about following? Mm. And that really comes back to you because there's there's so many people who want followers, but there's not as many people who really you know, everybody wants an audience, yeah. but can you be that audience? Yeah. And and that can open up so much of a world to you. Yeah, what you put out is what you get back in. I find that, you know, a lot of times I'll go on Facebook or something like that. And, you know, it's just like, well, how come no one's commented on this? Or no uh, one's given me that? Or, no, you know, it's like, what? And if you want people to be into you, find others that you can get into. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career.